Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies Podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode one of the Dynasty Junkies Podcast. I'm Rocky Petrella. Uh, my co-host here is Dustin Church, who you hear from in a minute. And we just wanted to give a brief introduction to us and what, what you can expect from the show. First, the Dynasty Junkies name. It's not just a a fun name or or because it happens to match up with Dustin's Twitter handle. It's we are true dynasty junkies. We eat, sleep and breathe dynasty. Between the two of us, we're in over 40 leagues together or not together, but over 40 leagues. We commission 10 of them and that that doesn't even factor in the hundreds of trades that we've made between the two of us. So and also one of us made the finals of while it's not dynasty, one of us made the finals of Scott Fishbowl 9. We won't say who, but that did happen. So because of the experience we have, we participated in so many different kinds of formats. Uh, outside of IDP, we've done a little bit of everything. Superflex, 1QB, two tight ends, tight end premium, auction, salary, Devi, anything you can think of. We probably tried it at one point. So we thought we could bring some experience to the community and give a little knowledge and hopefully make it a little fun and interesting along the way. <clears throat> That's why we went with the name Dynasty Junkies. As for who we are, Again, I'm Rocky Petrella. Uh, you've probably seen me on Twitter at Dynasty FF Addict. I did actually do a little bit of writing content at one point, but that site went under. But shout out to, to Goldline Fantasy Football for giving me a chance to do that. But right now, just uh, active on the Twitter, and uh, I'm doing tons of polls. Um, I've been running mock drafts recently, which we'll actually touch on later. And I'm not shy about giving my takes on just about everything. So at this point, I want to throw it over to Dustin so he can let you know a little bit about him and we can uh, he can tell you a little bit more about what specifically you'll expect to hear from this pod. Yeah, so um, I'm at Dynasty Junkie FF on Twitter. You guys have probably seen me out there retweeting your polls, responding to your DMs, responding to threads. Um, always active out there for the show where... You know, we're going to be focused on covering the major NFL happenings, what they mean for fantasy. We're going to be talking about dynasty philosophy and strategy. And like Rocky uh, attributed to earlier with uh, us being commissioners of multiple leagues, uh, we will talk about different commission topics. And of course, trades and values. We'll do a little differently than most pods as you're here in our first episode. Um, and we have some pretty uh, cool guests lined up. Um, one of them will be joining us today. So I'll kick it back to you to Rocky to introduce our guest. Yes, we're very happy to have the one, the only Russ Fisher Dynasty Outhouse. Russ, how's it going? Hey, people! <laughs> why don't you welcome guess, to the show? Yeah, why don't you guess? Let everybody know a little bit about everything that you do because you're out there everywhere. Well, more importantly, <laughs> how awesome is that you guys started a podcast? <laughs> you guys left out the most important thing. You're both both members of Brian Har's favorite Trade Addicts League, Trade Addicts Three. This is true. There, this pod probably would not exist without you. <laughs> yeah, without both of you. Super Meatloaf true. Wildcat. <laughs> Meatloaf Wildcat, shout out. Okay, well, I am at Dynasty Outhouse on the Twitters. I am clearly a co-host of the Trade Addicts podcast with the aforementioned Brian Har. I also do Dynasty Game Night and Split Takes for the DFPN network. I don't even know anymore. I, I, I edit like six different shows and... I, I, don't know. I, I, 
I probably <laughs> not you. I ain't editing yours. Don't don't give me that look. <laughs> but I mean, like, let's be. I probably have a few Twitter accounts I don't even realize through insomnia. Like, I'm I'm sweet. I'm sleep tweeting or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, so welcome to the show. We're excited to have yeah. you. I'm excited to be here, guys. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the re- reception we've gotten when we started talking about this idea. Uh, you, Brian, Joe, and just everyone else in the community has been pretty really excited, really pumped about it. So we're we're happy to be here. We're excited, excited to get this started. Yep, definitely looking forward to it. So I guess we'll. Uh, the main news is obviously uh, the draft a week ago, but there were a couple other little draft trades and signings since then. So I guess we'll get into some of them. Matt Brady to the Dolphins. What do we think about that, Russ? Mm, who cares? <laughs> I mean, weirdly, like I'm, I'm happy for my layered shares. Uh, this who can whatever, man. Uh, it's it was so weird. Like every single mock had them taking Dobbins or Swift, and it got so ingrained in our brains that was going to happen. And now we're just like Jordan Howard season. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I I'm not going to go buy him or anything. It's just okay. I mean, good for San Francisco for getting something. I guess that's my I point. I like it for Brita. Uh, I actually think Brita was a pretty good running back. And if you look at how he started the season, I think he was he was an RB2 until he got hurt at the beginning of the season. I think this year he'll have a lot of opportunity. Um, it's just him and Howard there. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for him. I think Miami did it right by focusing on Tua and protection and focusing on running back next year um, and building, building both lines. Um, but I'm excited about it for Brita and... I think it'll be better for San Francisco to not have so many running backs to depend on. That's so, what I was. I, I like it. That's my other take because it's Eric McKinnon season. <laughs> <laughs> Go Jet. One of these years. One of these years. Uh, what do you think, Rocky? Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. What you said at the end there is that's my biggest takeaway. Is there's at least one less guy in San Francisco we have to worry about. Help, hopefully, help some of my Mostert shares. I would be using this though as an opportunity to sell Mostert. Yeah, I agree. I just I don't want any part of the San Francisco backfield, and so I would I would use this as an opportunity to sell Mostert or Tevin or anybody if you can get anything for them and just get out of it. Yep, I hear that. Uh, also, uh, after the draft, uh, actually just the other day, Jameis Winston signing with the Saints and. On the same day, them re-signing Taysom Hill. I thought that was kind of interesting. Do we think this helps Jameis? Does it hurt Jameis? Does, uh, I kind of wish he had actually signed with the Steelers, which was the rumor that was going around also. What I think, think it's, personally, I think it, it's good for Jameis. I, I don't buy the Taysom Hill is going to be the backup and going to re- replace uh, Breeze when he retires. I think uh, New Orleans is being smart. They're just going to try to treat it the same way that they did Teddy have him be behind breeze for a year or two, see what he's got and then let him go. And, you know, maybe he's a successor. I don't think so, but I think it's good for Jameis to learn behind breeze. What do you think, Russ? That's really, that's really, you know, what it comes down to. I think Jameis did the smart thing for his career, uh, you know, because the dude signing a one-year contract, he's not going to do anything this year. I think that's pretty obvious, but the Taysom Hill thing, I think Taysom Hill learned he is what he is. I, I don't think, Clearly, he has aspirations to be an actual quarterback, but I think he and everyone realizes he's not. So, I mean, that doesn't really sway me about Jameis in any way, shape, or form. I mean, the dude's great for fantasy, so I hope he latches somewhere. But yeah, sit, you're right. You guys are right. Sitting behind Breeze is a very smart move for him. And he t- he got very little money, actually, to do it also. Like, yeah, I think it was only like a million dollars. His base was like 900, 900 something thousand, and he got like a hundred thousand signing bonus. So, I, yeah, that's in super flex leagues. I'm holding on to him just because if he does, like, oh man, 
Jameis slinging it to Michael Thomas. Like I'm getting sweaty thinking about it. Like that that will be pretty. But uh, I mean, again, that's another move where I'm not going and doing anything about it. But I uh, I don't I mm, like I want to say sell now, sell now, and get something for it. But part of me, just like that dreamer in me, just wants to think he's going to get that next job. You know, Breeze is going to retire, and then that's going to be Jameis's job. I don't know if I see that happening. But again, the guy can dream. Yeah, I would love to see that, I, and I don't think it hurts to to learn under Sean Payton, learn under Drew Brees, um, if he could get the job. I mean, I don't see Taysom as an actual quarterback. I don't think he's ever taking over the reins from Brees. Do, do either of you think that? No, no and in ESPN yeah. leagues, he's been switched over to I think what tight end eligibility. What? He's been, <laughs> I he's didn't even know that. <laughs> wide receiver tight end. He lost quarterback eligibility in ESPN leagues, and he's just oh, that was, tight end. And that, that's he. He was such a super flex, like sneak a bye week replacement fill in. That was wonderful. <laughs> MFL hasn't said anything about them changing it position yet. He's still quarterback in MFL leagues, so you know. But he's only thrown. He only threw six passes last year, so I don't think you can really consider him a quarterback. But and he's he's going to be thirty when the season starts. So I think they're they're bringing Winston in to see what he's got and maybe potentially groom him. I mean, you're not going to have Taysom Hill at thirty years old take over for Breeze. Yeah, and it can only help them to go back on the market next year, having having been there, learning under Peyton, and and maybe he can cut down those interceptions somewhat next year. The only other news item we put on here, and I don't even know if this is worth mentioning, is we have Marcus Goodwin, Marquis Goodwin to the Eagles. Does anybody care about that whatsoever? Nope. No. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I basically said to somebody, he's basically like a now he's not even a poor man's Deshaun Jackson. He's a homeless man's Deshaun Jackson. So <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, he's. he's I mean, it's a good factor. It's a good depth piece, I guess. Like you're starting Greg Ward last year, so I know if Marquise Goodwin's healthy. I think that's a good. They only gave up 20 spots in the sixth round to get him, so it's it was a no brainer for them. It didn't cost him anything, but I have zero interest in in Goodwin. I don't think I have him on any rosters. That's not going to change just because he's now with the Eagles. So. Right. Yeah, I hear that. So that that's pretty much all the news we got. Um, now we probably want to go into our commissioner corner section. And Dustin, you came up with the topic for this week. So why don't you kind of go into that? I know right now we're going into um, startup season. Um, we've had a lot going on recently, but, you know, getting into the summer, the spring and summer before the season starts, it's going to be uh, startup season. And I wanted to really talk about for any of our listeners, if they prefer, prefer rookie drafts um, or separate rookie drafts or include the rookies in the, in their picks or in their drafts. What do you guys both feel about that? Do you guys like to keep your rookies in the draft or do you guys like to do a separate rookie draft or kind of both? What, what are your guys' thoughts? More drafts, the better. I mean, right? I look. Yeah. As a commissioner, I love doing the rookies in the draft just because it's <laughs> an MFL. It's a bit of work to create all the uh, custom players, and then when the draft is done, hiding all of them, getting the order correctly. Like I just had to do that uh, for Trade Addicts Eight. The draft started today and yesterday. I kind of forgot that I had to do that, so I had to rush and go do it. But the real answer is drafting rookie picks. It's so much more fun. It's a complete new level to your regular startup draft because you'll get you're not drafting a player you're still just drafting the 102 which could be anybody and you know we're all trade addicts here so it's just another level of trading because the second you're done with the startup you know everyone's in love with their roster but you know you're not in love with a 102 so i mean that's another thing you can just keep trading and usually you'll have a couple of weeks months in between 
you know, if you're an idiot like me who does a startup in February for some reason, you know, you have a couple of months before the actual draft happens. So there's plenty of time to trade those picks around. So if you're looking for activity, which I think a lot of us are these days, doing it separate is absolutely worth it. Even if you're doing it now after the NFL draft, doing it separate is still awesome because there's still plenty of time, fingers crossed, before the season actually starts. So I'm a big fan of putting the picks in the draft so you can have a rookie draft later. It, it was really interesting. I was in a draft recently. You know, It's definitely not a new draft, definitely not a new league, but was in a draft uh, recently where uh, rookies were included and it was in the middle. It was like the started like the week before the draft. So as players were getting drafted, there were still some on the block. So it was interesting seeing some rookies drafted before landing spots and then some after landing spots. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. See, I love the idea of having a rookie draft before the NFL draft, but like one, uh, like I one league, but definitely not a new one. Um, I love how this joke is funny for literally 12 people. And that's it. <laughs> At least it's the three of us though. So it's fine. We're three of them. Uh, and definitely not Chris Allen is in it. Definitely not Chris Allen. No. Uh, <laughs> like I love the idea of, I mean, like Hakeem Butler last year. Like, was that just a, was that still last year? Man, I feel like yeah, it was last year. Like he was one. He's the wide receiver one for a lot of people, and all of a sudden he just tanks. Like, yeah. and it's another level of anxiety. Like, man, I like it's uh, no secret to anyone who knows who I am. I love T Higgins. Just drafted him in the Trade Addicts three draft, but like I drafted him. Like even I even traded for him in the middle of the startup. Like if he fell to like a garbage spot, I'd be devastated. And that's not something fantasy really does for you very often anymore. <laughs> like in, especially in April. So, I mean, it's just, it's an awesome new level of intensity that, like I said, I one league, that's fine. That's all I need. But like to, to have it in general, I think is awesome. But yeah, 99% need after. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rocky? What are your, what are your feelings on it? Yeah, I, I I agree with what he said about the rookies pre-draft. That was it's interesting to do in one league. I wouldn't want to do it all over the place. I'm actually more of a fan of not having the picks in the draft. Um, I I just like having. It might be just a selfish thing because I'm not. I'm always the guy who never takes the damn picks. But um, but I just kind of like separating them out. Uh, one of the ways I like to do it is um, the derby style way. Which when you uh you know you you pick a you pick an order and then you can either pick your startup pick or your rookie pick and it goes you know snake and um, I, I kind of like just not having to worry about whether do I take the pick or do I take a player um, like I said maybe it's a little selfish uh, rather than, than than the best thing I know a lot of people like the picks in the draft. But uh, that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off of Russ's point, you know, having more drafts. Um, I just did a startup this offseason, non-point scoring season, and we did a we did a random draft order, and then we did a snake draft, and you could pick your rookie draft slot or your startup draft slot. So when I got up, I was I think the sixth pick. Picks one through five of the startup were there. Oh, we're taking, but uh, rookie 101 was there, so I took the 101 draft slot for the, the entire draft. And then I went snake back to me, I got like 110. But I thought it was a cool way to be able to get another draft in, but then have everyone pick their startup or rookie draft slot throughout the process. So, yeah, and uh, one other thing I did, um, in and League Dustin's in, and I put this out on Twitter, and no one seemed to like it but me. But um, <laughs> this was the salary league, and um. 
instead of just we kind of did the um derby style thing but instead of just you get 101 201 301 we had rookie pick packages like where if you take the 101 then you're getting the 309 and 312 or if you take the 105 you're getting 209 and 37 like and we the reason that we came up with these specific picks is it worked out salary wise because it's a salary league but um, I thought it could work otherwise too. But uh, Twitter didn't seem to like it as much as I did. And what do you what do you guys think about that? Being in that league, I thought it was interesting. Um, it it was definitely added a different wrinkle. Wrinkle I didn't think about. Um, I was the one I. It was I think if you took one eleven, you got two o two and two o four. So I was like, okay, I get three of the top, you know, twenty five picks if I did it that way. So that was the way I did it. Um, and so it was just really interesting. Um, to do it that way i don't know that i would do it that way again <laughs> but it was interesting to experience and to go through i had to keep looking back to be like okay what picks do i get if i do this and then matching the salaries up with it so there was just a lot of complexity to it um i think you would need uh you need more of a a real dynasty player not just a, a casual one you need someone committed yeah. to be able to, to do it going back to dustin's idea of the being able to having the snake draft to draft your startup draft slot or your rookie draft slot drafting the rookie 101 was brilliant because the idea of a snake startup is that every draft slot is equal that's why it snakes but taking the 101 it doesn't snake you literally have the best spot yeah <laughs> a little louder than a golf clap just so everyone could hear it and there wasn't just silence but good move that i mean that was absolutely the right move to me it was silly for anyone else to do something like that was the smartest move you could do yeah um, it was a lot of fun yeah that's uh, and plus i hate derby i love the, the idea of derby is fun but usually that leads to less trading in the beginning because you pick where you want to be so that makes less movement but to your thing like so many things work in salary cap leagues that are so interesting because of the amount of stuff that goes into salary cap leagues but uh, i don't know man like to me what you don't you shouldn't have to bother with something that complex in a regular <laughs> league. Like you don't have to yeah. worry about a cap in any way, shape, or form. So why would you do a bundle of picks? Yeah. So again, like in a salary cap league, that's probably pretty brilliant. Like it probably it probably did take a lot of thought and it probably was very well put together. But in a regular league, it's just like, eh, I mean, no, why? Let me draft these other things. Yeah, salary league is kind of a whole different animal than than regular dynasty oh, yes. leagues. <laughs> Yep. All right. So I have, so next question then. So how do you like to determine your startup draft order? And then how do you guys do your rookie draft order? Um, is it lottery, potential points, record, victory points? Um, what do you guys think on both of those? Russ, I'll give it to you first. Um, startup order. Uh, I mean, most these days, it's really just, I hit the random button on MFL and it picks an order for us. Uh my home leagues, I used to have my son pick the orders. Uh, we, uh, When he was one, we put him in a bathtub filled with rubber duckies with names written on the bottom. And after he would pick one up, we would slosh him around. He would pick him up. Uh, when he was two, we wrote names on tennis balls. And he would throw the ball. And the furthest it went, the earlier your pick was. Like, I mean, so we found fun ways to do it. You know, we had a couple of kids run, you know, a race, you know, twice. And we put names to kids and stuff like that. You like know, anyway, yeah, like the league, yeah. Like, it's just, it's fun to do silly things. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just hitting the random button, I guess is really what it comes down to. If you have the time and energy, 
it's fun to do things. And, as, and I guess it also comes down to the group of people because I know you're going to get that one dude that's like, I didn't see it happen. That's not fair. And just, you know, screw that. Just kick that guy out right away because you don't need that in your league. Um, so that's why it's easier just to hit the random button sometimes. Um, as for, what was the other question? Rookie Rook le uh, rookie draft. Rookie draft, yeah. Uh, I just like doing reverse standings and then for the non-playoff teams and for the playoff teams, reverse playoff finish. So the bottom, it's 12 teams, the bottom six are reverse standings. And then when you get kicked out of the playoffs, the lowest seed gets the earlier pick. Uh, and then third, and then it's the third, the loser of the third place game gets the third, the fourth to last and then so on. Yeah. Uh, another way we do it is uh a weighted lottery for the non-playoff teams where we like the nba does it you know the worse you are the more names in the hat you get uh i've I really kind of fell off the idea about anti-tanking stuff like as long as people aren't jerks about it whatever man as long as saquon barkley's not on your bench i like maybe i'm just super lucky but i haven't really found anyone being that dumb about it where it just is obvious and awful and it ruins things so, like, I haven't found a need for any of that kind of stuff. So, uh, I mean, I think Trade Addicts 3 actually is weighted lottery. Like, we set it up because there was a poll. We did a poll when we first set it up. And the dude who came in, like, last, last place by far, like, was like, oh, in 13 or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, I, he came in second place last year after one year removed of that last, <laughs> last place. That's not the point right now, but <laughs> freaking that's a whole That's a whole another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but like to me, yeah, straightforward. I hate potential points. I'm gonna throw that out there. Um, I kind of see. I'm all about potential points. <laughs> Why do you hate potential points? Because if you beef up your starting lineup and have zero depth, you can win the league and still have horrible potential points. I have. I haven't really noticed. I, I just think potential points. I, actually, I did it by accident in a league last year. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, in the I can never get this right. Dynasty Diagnostic Champions League. Um, I came in second place, and technically, his uh, the only stipulation was the winner of the league gets the 112. Anything else is potential points order. I got the 106. I mean, okay. so well, see, in my leagues, I, I, I do use potential points in all my leagues, and in my leagues, though, playoff teams are by playoff finish. Um, depending what round you lose in, you know, it goes by total points, but playoff teams don't get the draft by potential points. I only use it for non-playoff teams, and I just think there is an anti-tanking level to it. But like you said, I actually most of my leagues I've been really lucky too, and then I've got a lot of really good guys. Um, but um, I just think it gives you a better framework for who the actual worst teams are. If if your potential points are that low, that means your roster is pretty crappy from top to bottom. That's the way I look at it. I mean, surface done... level, yeah, I get it. But I mean, does losing Saquon Barkley and losing 300 something potential points make you the worst team. Uh, I don't know. It just, I, I get there's positives and negatives. It's a lot less thinking involved. There's a lot less randomness when it comes to uh, schedule and stuff like that for record. I get it. I just, I don't know. To me, it's, it, it's, it's unnecessary. Let me like, I just, I think schedule is fine. And the other thing is though, I, is I hate lotteries. I'd be more yeah. inclined to do reverse order of standings than an actual lottery. I just think that sucks to be the yeah. Keep you know, keep your eye, keep your eye out for the poll yeah. for trade out three <laughs> uh, this this non point scoring season. All right, um, I think that's that's some good information for our listeners. Um, have you guys done any victory points leagues? 
Um, I, I run one. I run one also. I do not. I should have done that I, in the league. I definitely didn't create. I don't know why I didn't. That would have been a good idea. <laughs> I guess I still I technically could. It didn't start yet. Uh, but no. So for I, anybody I the does, idea of it. So for anyone that doesn't know what a victory points league is, is um, where you get and you can set up the points however you want, but you get like I think in I run a, a, a Simpsons league, and I believe it's you get two points if you're one if you win the week and you uh get zero points if you lose and then if you're top four points you get two points if you're middle four you get one point if you're bottom four you get zero points and then the playoffs are dependent on the six teams with the highest victory points for the year so you're getting for high score and um a win so that way if you have a bad you have a week where you go up against someone that just has a ridiculous week um, you can still be one of the top four in victory points and still get some some points that week to help you in the standings versus, hey, you know, I went up against a six touchdown game and I lost for the week and now I'm screwed. Like, so victory points kind of helps balance that out a little bit. Oh, what do you think of that, Rocky? You're in that league. No, wait, hold on. That's super interesting because I've never actually heard of it that <clears throat> before. The only way I've ever yeah. heard of victory points was, you know, you're, you're pretty much playing double headers. You know, you get... Your, the, your opponent for the week, and then the league average. So pretty much you win. Uh, so the way I've always known victory points was you have your opponent, and then the top half scorers of the league get an extra victory point, which takes away the randomness, like you guys were saying, of being the second highest scorer when you happen to play the first highest scorer, which sucks. But yeah. no, like that's like <laughs> complicated and awesome, where like, you yeah. know, two points for winning, two points for being an even higher scorer. Like, it's cool to think that there's more variation on just hey one extra point for the better scores right yeah so, it was it was no it was good it was, it was really interesting year one um last year was the first year we did it i think rocky messaged me every week he's like hey i'm four points out do you think i can get it like i'm trying to do the math here. <laughs> like because it was like it was a little bit more intense and like i've been i've been playing with a lot of different league styles just trying to find something that's fun and victory points i think it worked really well last year um you know i think the the six best teams really did get in last year. Um, and so it worked well for it. I like Yeah, it. and the, the one league I have it in, mine wasn't as complex as yours. Yeah, mine was basically just one, I think one for uh, win and one for top half scoring. And we didn't use it for, for rookie draft order or anything. That was just for standings. All right, well... Um, that's all I have for Commissioner Corner. Um, any of the listeners out there, you guys have any commissioner questions? Uh, send us a, a tweet to the um, to the account and we'll answer it here on the next show. Or you can uh, DM either of us and we can answer any questions for you. That's at Dynasty Junkies, by the way. <laughs> yep, at Dynasty Junkies. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to finally talking about the draft, um, which is basically our sort of strategy uh, section this week is the draft. And um, if any of you follow me on Twitter, um, you've probably seen that I've been running, I've been running mock drafts back even before the draft back into March. Um, wasn't really mostly just for fun, but, uh, decided to do a little ADP, uh, data for this podcast. So, um, s- since the draft I've run 10 rookie mocks, um, super flex PPR didn't do tight end premium, um, mostly just because I didn't think it really mattered much this year. Um, but um, so we got some ADP data from that and we figured everybody else is kind of doing probably, you know, different rankings or their own mock drafts on their podcast. So given that we're 
you know, week out from here, we figured we use that to our advantage and kind of look at this ADP and kind of look at the guys that way. So I figured we'd take them maybe in groups of three or four. I'll go, I'll give you guys what the uh, ADP was and, and we can talk about the players or talk about the value or whatever you want to talk about. So um, for the top four, and I definitely think this is kind of interesting too, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, some people are taking uh, Taylor 101. Some people are taking Burrow, but it's 101 came out to Burrow. Uh, 102 was Jonathan Taylor. 103 was Tua. 104 was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. What do you guys think about that? Anything you want to? I definitely I, think this is a tear break here, too. Like, on uh, the, these four guys, every uh, in all but two drafts, they went in the top four. And in the ones that they didn't go top four, one of them went five. So I got. Joe Burrow at the 105 in one league, and it was <laughs> glorious. 105. Uh, yeah, for, the four running backs went first. It was. Wow. Uh, yeah, but I have. It's. Yeah, well, exactly what you said. The 101 has been super interesting to watch because it's, again, ingrained in our brain that quarterbacks should go 101, especially someone like Joe Burrow, who we're not going to call him bust proof, but he literally just had one of the best college seasons ever. And he's going into an offense with players that have styles very similar to the players he played in college with. Like, this is very easy, should be for him to walk in and be awesome. No less be awesome through his career. Um, but man, the Chiefs stunning. I'm pretty sure everyone was stunned with them taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire at the end of the first round. And I have seen him go 101 in a bunch of drafts. Uh, he isn't my, I, Taylor is still my RB1. And that's, cool but it's still to me quarterbacks should go first at least burrow should go first i get people being scared of tua and his health and stuff like that but yeah and just to agree with your last point those top four is a is a tear break for me too it's really interesting that clyde is 104 because i haven't seen him go below i think the second pick in in any of the drafts i've been in so i think that was really interesting on your adp just seeing him going at 104 um, because I haven't seen that happen, but it's really interesting. If we're looking back at the pre-draft to post-draft, he was going right around 110. So I think he was like one of really the biggest risers that we saw, obviously going to the chiefs. Like everyone is jumping on the bandwagon now, but it was, it was really interesting to see him jump up eight, nine spots that, that quickly. Yeah, I think he was one of the biggest risers of the ones I did pre-draft and post-draft, obviously. Um, Taylor, like uh, Ross, Taylor's still my RB1. Um, I just uh, – I can't elevate Hilaire just because of, of the Chiefs landing spot. I still – Taylor just – Taylor's just dynamic. He's fast. He's strong. He breaks tackles. He's – I have Taylor above Hilaire. Um it's funny too. Burrow, I th- thought was interesting. I was just looking at it. He's, I was looking at the ten mocks. He went one in every single one, but one of them, which actually surprised me a little because I've been in actual drafts where he has not gone one hundred and one. Um, but what, uh, I, sure, go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, I was gonna say what's really interesting about the way you're doing mocks is they're not team dependent, so they're just straight on value. And you know the other ones, you know, uh, in your normal leagues, you're gonna see people take uh, based off team needs you know I'm, I'm always a drafter i want to take best player available regardless of team and worry about my lineup later but these mocks really show what the value should be when you're not factoring in team dependency 
which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, we, we were talking about that earlier today. It's almost kind of yeah. a more pure value, how you should value these guys, because there's not team needs factored into it. It's just, I like this guy here. All right. Um, you want to go get in the, to the next four after the tier break? Sure. Uh, 105, J.K. Dobbins. 106, DeAndre Swift. 107, C.D. Lamb. 108, Cam Akers. Is C.D. Lamb your guy's wide receiver one? I, I was a, a, right after the draft. I hated the landing spot, you know, because of Gallup and, and Amari. But the more I thought about it, I, I think he's still my wide receiver one. I, you know, it's a good offense, more good players, just means less attention on him. What do you guys think? Yeah, he's still my wide receiver one. Um, I think we all learned our lesson last year after AJ Brown mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that you you shouldn't run away so quickly and even if you are worried about the landing spot like this isn't a titans team this is still a fast good offense i mean and we've seen amari has the capability of disappearing at random times and cd lamb is just very very good at football and who gets who gets targets the best players do i'm a little worried about his play style with dak I think not having a quarterback who's willing to throw some 50-50 balls hurts CD a little. He doesn't need those. He's not like Des Bryant, where Des Bryant just died because that's all he was towards the end of his career. Like CD can separate well, but like it's an aspect that I think is going to be missing that would make him, I think, rise to like almost elite level. Pro- well, you can't say elite level already, but like you, the hopes of him getting to that level. Um, I wouldn't hate anyone taking Jalen Rager above him. I think that might be my only other wide receiver that I would have above Lamb. And that's mostly just because his fit on the Eagles is just wonderful. <laughs> Eagles hat, right? You're a fan. Rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I did like the Rager pick. Not, not, not so much the second round pick, but I did like the Rager pick. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, they, they didn't have a second round pick. What are you talking about? <laughs> they might as well not have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, what do you think? I still have CD as my uh, wide receiver one. Um, I'm right there with Russ on. I Rager is close to me. Um, the fit, the fit's great. He's going to walk into targets right away. Walk into a great opportunity. Um, but CD, like everyone's been talking, they have an out after two years for Amari. Um, Gallup will be a free agent in two years as well. So the path is there for CD to to take over the number one. Um, I really liked a lot, most of the wide receiver landing spots. Um, I, I I think Judy fits well in Denver. Um, him and Sutton are completely different receivers, so I think they'll they'll um, benefit each other having both of them there. I don't think it hurts Sutton at all. So I think Denver Denver is going to be a, a high powered offense this year. Um, so I, I like I like the landing spot for Judy as well. Um, I really like all all the landing spots for all the top receivers. Actually, it was a really good draft for re- uh, receivers this year. The, yeah, the landing spots in general were just, I don't think I've ever seen a draft where we've had so many good landing spots for basically every fantasy relevant player that went early. It was crazy. Um, what do you think of the running backs? Uh, is it, the way it went here is Dobbins, Swift, Acres. Is that what, is that what, what you guys are thinking or? That's what I've been seeing. Um, I have a tough time with Swift and Acres, which, order they should go in i should say i have acre a few acre shares at this point i have zero swift i think it's just because i haven't been ready to bite the bullet on a detroit lions running back um i don't think 
I don't think there's much of a battle between Swift and Carry On or anything. Like you want Carry On to be a thing at this point more than there is a chance of him being a thing. But Detroit has shown as long as Patricia is still there, which is at least one more year, that they just they're they're gonna committee. And that's the way of the league these days. But it does just take a little bit of the luster off of the pick. But like Akers, they've shown that they don't really think Henderson's the guy. And I think we know Malcolm Brown isn't the guy, which means Akers could walk into a very good spot. And we've seen him do very good things with a bad offensive line. I was just going to say <laughs> and, that. The only and thing the Rams the line isn't line. great. They're, they were a little hurt last year, so they'll get a little better. But like I, to me, he walks into that room, the best running back there. So I think that's a safer pick, I guess. I, I, again, I, sure. I don't know. I, I, ch- I choose Acres over Swift, but I, I wouldn't hate on anyone who felt differently. Yeah, I'm with you there. I was I was lower than most on Swift, uh, even pre-draft. I, maybe I was just I, – I tried to watch a little more film than I usually do this year, and maybe I was just watching the wrong games. But but he was actually in my RB4 even before the draft. And I, I of all the landing spots, I think that Detroit is the iffiest one. So um, I'd probably lean Acres over Swift too. What do you think, Dustin? Um, I I'm still Swift over Acres. Um, people were having Swift as their one on one, one on two um, running back before the draft. I actually don't think Patricia is going to make it through the season. Um, <laughs> ooh, hot, hot takes right here. Um, <laughs> no, I just I don't think he's good. Um, if you listen to his coach speak already, he's saying that Swift is a good compliment to carry on. So they're already, I mean, that's what you're going to, obviously you're going to start. I tried to hold in the laughter and I couldn't, Um, but like it's comments like that. I I just don't trust Patricia and I, I I could see him not making it through the year um, personally. Um, So I still have Swift above acres, um, but I agree with the top five in that order. I love the landing spot for Dobbins in Baltimore. Um, That that's just, that that team is going to be such a high powered offense for a while that Dobbins is going to be fantastic in that in that team. And they're they're building all their youth around rookie picks. So they're going to be able to afford like offensive line and and things that are going to help them out with all these rookie contracts. So, you know, I, I love the fit for Dobbins. I've seen him go up above Tua um a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um and I I can't hate anybody for that. I, I love the spot. Yeah, I've I've seen some people say about worrying about Dobbins with Ingram and Taylor with Mac. To me, that's worrying like it's like worrying about Chubb with Carlos Hyde a couple of years ago. That's I'm not worried about any of those guys. I, I think all these guys in any of the timeshares they're in are going to take over the lead back by by midseason at the latest. But even and last that, year, Ingram was very touchdown dependent. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm super sad with Dobbins landing in Baltimore because I have so many Ingram shares. But I mean. That running backs on a team with a runner running quarterback always do well just because of how open the field has to be because of how paranoid everyone is about letting Lamar go. So I think there is enough there for both of them to do well. And that is reason enough to be higher on Dobbins because I mean, Ingram's 30, uh, even though he has a lot of tread left because he's always been committed. I, I still think he's gone with enough time of Dobbins being in his prime to be freaking awesome on a freaking awesome team. Well, and like Gus, Ad- Gus Edwards last year had 140 touches. 
Um, so you have to think that Gus Edwards is gone and those are going to Dobbins. So, you know, that plus uh, – getting some more ingrams there's no reason he can't be in the 170 plus touch range in year one just as hill dreams goodbye yeah exactly so um you know there's there's touches there for him maybe less work to the tight ends now that hayden hurst is gone maybe it's just andrews now and they're you know they shift some of that work to dobbins They'll, they'll they'll make it work um but yeah i love that spot okay i guess we'll go to the next four now um and 109 was Justin Herbert. Uh, 110 was Jerry Judy. 111 is Jalen Rager. And 112 is Henry Ruggs, who's a pretty polarizing guy. But the most interesting thing to me was that uh, Hus- Herbert lasts until nine in Superflex. Do you guys agree with that? Yes. Weirdly enough, yes. Just because of the level of the people above him. Nothing against Herbert himself. I just think the stud potential of all of those running backs in C.D. Lamb is higher than the safety of quarterbacks it just goes to show how crazy this uh, deep this draft is too yeah. i mean like in any other year a top six draft capital quarterback is not going 109 and we are what what did we just get up to the 112 and we still haven't gotten to my favorite wide receiver yet like i mean <laughs> that again is how deep this class is but can we talk about the Raiders, the Al Davis rising from the grave to make a draft pick? Like it, it's always a running joke that Al Davis would just find the fastest guy in the draft and draft him. And then all of a sudden, with Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota in your quarterback room, you take a dude that runs fast. Why? That is <laughs> you said like you when you said that everybody found a good landing spot, I was giggling in my head waiting for us to talk about Rogue. <laughs> because like we all knew that he wasn't going to be the fantasy asset that he will be to the NFL team's asset. Like he's going to be good for the team, not necessarily great for our teams. But man, like, like they have to be going after Cam Newton or James. Like it's not Jameis anymore. But like, so, like that is such a wrong, weird fit that that just blows my mind. Uh, yeah, I had the same thought. Like rugs going to that team with those quarterbacks is. With CD and Judy still on the board. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I knew he was going to be, I actually thought he was going to be the first receiver just because, you know, John Ross went eight, eight overall um, because he was fast. You know, the, the league just loves fast receivers. Um, So I didn't think he was, I thought he was going to be one of the first or second wide receiver off the board. So it didn't surprise me that he was the, the first of the Raiders. I don't, I think the Raiders will get a quarterback next year. So I, I I actually like uh, Rugs in Las Vegas. I think him and Brian Edwards, who we'll get to later, will will be pretty good together. Um, I'm not. I don't like it for year one, but I I think he will. He could develop um, when they get a quarterback next year. They're yeah. not going to be good this year. They're going to be. I I think they'll sell out to try to get uh, one of those quarterbacks next year. One of the top two quarterbacks. And now that they've built. Um, they got a running back. They got some receivers. They have tight ends go lower over there. Um, they've gotten some defensive pieces. I think next year is the year they go out for a uh, quarterback. Okay. Anything else on those four or should we go on to the next four? Uh, my last comment is you could really flip flop any of those receivers, Judy, Rager, CD, and then the next guys. It's I've been seeing them go all over. If, you, if you're looking at your ADP, uh, Judy went as early as six and as late as 12. Like, so like, there's just, it's really just taking whoever you like best. Um, That's kind of how it's been in all the drafts I've seen. It's funny too. After Herbert at 109, it's basically almost a full round of wide receivers after that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but going on, to, so we're getting into the second round. Uh, Justin Jefferson is 201. Keyshawn Vaughn is 202. Your boy T. Higgins is 203. And then Denzel Mims is 204. So let's let's talk about this group for a second. This group has a little bit of recency notoriety right before this podcast started recording. Uh, yes. In the Trade Addicts 3 draft, I traded into the 202 to draft my boy T. Higgins because, like I said, we didn't get to my favorite wide receiver yet. And I am hashtag team Big Clemson wide receiver. So I love me some T. Higgins. But I traded in at the 202 and 206. I tried to get the 204. He said, no, long story, not a doesn't matter. My goal was to grab Keyshawn Vaughn at the 206 just because <laughs> I don't have any shares of him. My team isn't great, but, you know, it's good to have a running back who can start. So I'm like, okay, good. Let me grab some Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh, look, Rocky just traded into the 205. Oh, look, Rocky just popped on to start recording this podcast. Who are you going to take, Rocky? And I'm going to just trade in to grab Keyshawn Vaughn. Ah, oh, son of a... <laughs> yeah, my... Uh... Uh, my my rojo hate on twitter is is pretty <laughs> widely known i i've been i've popularized the hashtag never rojo so i i'm i like Keyshawn vaughn anyway but the fact that he's in tampa with that offense with uh, only rojo to compete with i i like him a lot um and i've actually seen him in our moxie win 202 i've seen him go to 205 206 207 um, I, I'm, I'm on. I've seen him go 107, 108. Like I've seen people seen fight too, yeah. on Keyshawn Vaughn. That landing yeah, spot I've seen has him, a lot of people drooling. I've seen him rise a bunch as well. Oh, so, and, hey, man, the next guy on the list is the guy I drafted after you took Vaughn. I went Denzel Mims. He's the guy right after Higgins. Yeah, yep. yeah. This it's the whole second round is to me really just taking your guys. I've seen Pittman go as early as 201, 202. Mm -hmm. uh I, you know and he's a little bit further down the list he's at 206 um jumping the gun a little bit but like i've seen mims go higher i've seen mims go lower like this whole second round is is really just about your favorite guy really um i'm right there with you russ i like higgins um i took him at 201 in a league i took burrow so i could get the stack but i also just i liked higgins and i was like well if russ likes him he must be good Oh, no. um, but so I, I took him, I took him 13 overall. Um, I was going to take Rager and Rager went right before him, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, Higgins is, I, I can't say he's my favorite of this group because I love Justin Jefferson as well. I'm not as high on Jefferson as everyone else. Um, like Diggs only had 90 targets last year. So everyone's saying, Oh, he's going to jump in and get a whole bunch of targets. Like Diggs wasn't a big target hog either. Um, that team likes to run, so I don't know that his ceiling is is going to be there in year one. But I love the love the talent. Yeah, Jefferson's gonna be interesting too because he was he was really good in the slot at at LSU, and then Thielen plays a lot of slots, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, Thielen and Diggs sort of switched around a bit, also with playing in the slot and playing outside. Uh, man, I was so sad when Jefferson. Like, all the drafts had uh, the had Justin Jefferson going to the Eagles, which was just awesome because there was so much opening there. I just think yeah, I'm so sad that Jefferson went to the Vikings just because the volume just won't be there for him. And he is yeah. awesome. But yeah, again, we can't get too broken down about landing spots. He's good. Good players get targets. Yeah. So still draft him exactly at that end of the first where he was pretty much, you know, mocked all the time anyway. 
Yeah, the way I look at it, landing spot matters a lot much more for running back than receiver. Receivers, eventually the cream will rise to the top, but uh, I, I generally weight landing spot much more for running backs than receivers. Do you guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I wasn't listening. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Russ. <laughs> Sorry, I got a trade. I was looking at the oh, what What's your trade? What is it? It's not yeah, very, let's it's hear not it. Very good. I rejected uh, it already. It wasn't very good. Oh, Look, okay. if you're going to come after Travis Kelsey in a league with a 0.75 premium, you got to do a little better, Ben. That's all Ru- I'm saying. Russ wants to sell Kelsey so bad. <laughs> so bad. Like, I, I tried I tried buying him, too, and he shut me down. It wasn't very great, but, you know. Like I, I just said, if you're going to try and come after Travis Kelsey in a league with a 0.75 premium, you're going to have to come a little harder than that. And I, and I was offering you the guy that nobody likes anymore, Mike Evans. He just never gets... He never gets the love he deserves. Okay, craziness just happened in a different league. Mike Evans just got traded. I just got the email right now, so I'm derailing your podcast. Mike Evans for Robert Woods and a 21 first. How cheap is that for Mike Evans? Yeah, I'm still on the Evans side easily. Evans is yeah. so go by so, like I'm all for going to buy Evans. The problem is you want to sell him for the real price, not buy low price. <laughs> yeah, everyone well, thinks uh, with Brady, he's not going to be as good. He's He's Mike Evans. He's he's going to get his. Yeah, I've been trying to like sell him for his normal price, and no one's like, no, it's not going to happen. He's cheaper than that, so I'm just going to hold him. I've actually bought him three times this offseason because nobody else wants him. Like he's just has no value, so I've just been buying him everywhere. Okay, I guess we'll get cool. into these next four now. Um, at the two hundred five, Brandon Ayuk. At the two hundred six, Michael Pittman. At the two hundred seven, Lavisca Chenault. 208 Brian Edwards. All receivers. What do we think of these guys? Uh Pittman's I, my favorite of the four. I you know you I disagree, like, Russ? No, I like Pittman. I don't like Pittman with Philip Rivers. Like I want them to get another quarterback already. Like look what he look what Rivers did for Mike Mike Williams. It's just like how long and not to say not to say that they're the same, but like they're kind of close. I just, I just don't think it's a good fit with the quarterback. But again, I know we're not supposed to fade because of landing spots so much, especially with an 80-year-old quarterback. Right. What do you sign? One-year deal or two-year deal? Two-year deal, I think. Two-year. But like in this grouping, that's my problem. I'd rather have the other guy. Not Ayuk, but I'd rather have, I mean, easily Mims. Uh, Chenault. I kind of like the landing spot for Chenault. Like I was worried that they were going to take like the like CD Lamb or something in Jacksonville, but they got a very good complimentary guy, and it's something they they haven't had. Like Chenault is a gadgety guy. He's going to be catching some screens. He's going to be running some slants, some like low a low depth of target uh, gadget routes, and I think that's really good for the offense for Chenault, for Minshew, and for Chark in the long run. Yeah, and so I, even... I sorry, guys. I'm sorry, you go. Okay. So, no, so I, I kind of like, I'm terrified of his injuries, but I don't, like I like a lot of the players around Pittman for me to feel like I'm going to take Pittman here. So I, I, I don't have any of him. I, I'll end up trading for him after the drafts. I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. Yeah. I, I just, I, I like the talent of Pittman. Um, I'm right there with you on Chanel. I, he's, I think it was a good fit with, with Minchu, get, give him more weapons. Um, it was interesting to not see them take a running back, but Chenault can is kind of just a gadget, so he they can use him um, to kind of take some uh, shovel passes and, and things like that. So I I like the fit there. Um, the next guy is actually one of my favorites uh, favorite uh, later round two, and that was Brian Edwards. I like his fit a lot in in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, he's super talented, um, and I think. 
Rugs just going down the sideline is going to open things up a lot for for him. Yeah, I agree on the Edwards thing. I, I like him more, especially at his value than Rugs. Even um, I like Russ said earlier. Everyone's kind of said even pre-draft that Russ, uh, Rugs is going to be more of a guy that's going to help your NFL team than your fantasy team. I think he's a little opening things up for Edwards, and he's the guy I'd more be targeting on on Las Vegas than Rugs. All right. Okay, so any any other thoughts on those guys, or we'll move on to the next four? Keep it. Yeah, we'll just knock out the knock out at the end of the second. Yeah, I think we'll go to the second here, and then and then maybe just uh, uh, kind of just pick a guy from the later rounds. But uh, two oh nine, Jordan Love, two ten, Zach Moss, two eleven, AJ Dillon, two twelve, Antonio Gibson. Thoughts? I mean, you gotta. <laughs> draft love in the second round i mean first round capital yeah that's really what it comes down to um rogers is stuck there through the end of 21 contract wise but I, again it's your first round capital it's we, okay we don't know what they're thinking they have to be thinking something that's really what it comes down to and at the end of the second the possibility that in a year and a half two years you could have a starter for the green bay packers is a big deal yeah. So I guess, yeah, that's fine. Um, otherwise, eh, Antonio Gibson just sounds like fun because we don't know that guys will ever be healthy. And he is in everything. Like, he'll get the Denard Robinson OW, the offensive weapon, um, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. At least that was in Yahoo, I think it was. They gave him that. Like He's going to be everywhere. So he'll get a lot of PPR points, I think, on screens and short routes. And if you're, I mean, I'm in like two point per carry leagues. I am overspending on Antonio Gibson because I think he will be just like a secret weapon. He'll be an offensive weapon. That's it. I'm sticking with this OW thing. Like, I think he's just going to be like we were joking about like Taysom Hill being the cheat code in that QB during your bye weeks. Uh, I think he's going to be that for whatever position he ends up being designated at. I yeah, I, I, guys. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a lot of Gibson moving up. Um, just people just having to have him and like trading up like a lot to get him. Um, I'm actually warming up a little bit to AJ Dillon. At first, the pick didn't make any sense to me, but both Williams and uh, Jones are in the, the last year of their contract. They haven't been able to rely on both of them, injuries, suspensions, just whatever. And we're not seeing a lot of running backs get their second contracts. Um, so the, there is a path there for Dylan. It, it shocked me a lot when I saw the pick, but the more that I think about it, the more it, I, I can understand the reasoning behind it. They want to run. They He said in the offseason they wanted to have three running backs. Um, and you have two that are leaving after the end of the year. So it made sense. I, I don't know that I love it, but I don't Drafting a running it. back made sense. Drafting Dylan where yeah. they did not make sense. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't like, hate I, the I player. I Seahawks taking Dylan in the first. Thankfully, that didn't happen. <laughs> but like, I mean, even still, I think they took him too early. And it's, they, they've, like, when was, they've, they've never had a running back like him. When was the, I legit like I don't I mean I don't want to say you're dead air, but like Eddie Lacy was kind of a thumping That's back, what I was but not thinking. really. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's sad to joke about him gaining the weight because it was because of depression and all of that. But like that's kind of what AJ Dillon is. Like he's just a gigantic <laughs> dude who could run straight really hard and sort of fast. Uh, it's a weird fit. Uh, and yeah, like 
you said before they did want to lean on the running game a little bit more but like that's just such a weird fit to me and i think they took them a little earlier than they had to anyway yeah both those picks were so then they and they actually traded up for jordan love and then the draft jordan love and aj dillon when when everyone thought they would be going receiver that was kind of bizarre to me and then they never went wide receiver yeah <laughs> they, they, they draft on the entire draft yeah well, we got through the end of the second, but I think we should go one more pick and get everyone's opinion on that one. <laughs> yes, the, the the pick, the, the the worst pick of the entire NFL draft, Jalen Hurts in the second round at pick fifty three. In case you don't know, I am an Eagles fan. I absolutely hated this pick. Carson Wentz is twenty seven years old. Why are we drafting Jalen Hurts? Taysom Hill. 2.0 Woohoo! <laughs> in the second I, round <laughs> yeah I, I have no interest i mean carson needs weapons denzel mims was still on the board i yeah. I, I was i was going off on this pick on on i think it was friday night i i just i cannot stand it i saw uh shane manila he, he can't I, stand it either fellow i was recording fan. with him we were we were worried about <laughs> his well-being like at first, it was like shock where he just like started staring. He's like, what? Wait, what? what? Yeah, he and changed. then silence and then started throwing stuff and yeah. then just disappeared. Like I, I started, I DM'd him. I got into all the group chats we're in together. I'm like, uh, yo, anyone live near Philly? Go, go, sh- go see if there's like a guy running without pants on screaming like obscenities in the streets. Yeah. Like go, go find Shane. Make sure he's okay. I saw he changed his Twitter handle to something like, why would you do this? Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, why? Lots yeah. Of marks. Yep. Uh, uh, it, it just boggles my mind. Why, why, why when you have a 27-year-old supposedly franchise quarterback who's been living in the shadow of Nick Foles, you then draft a guy that in the second round. The future of the NFL is having two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Apparently, that's what the Eagles think. Uh, I I just it boggles my mind. <laughs> I had I had to get my little rant out about that, and thank you, Dustin, for throwing that to me to do that. <laughs> hey, the Seahawks have made some terrible picks before too. Rashad Penny. Uh, <laughs> Time still um, tells on that one. That was a terrible pick. Sorry. So we're not going to go through all four rounds, but I, I don't know if there's anybody you guys want to talk about in the you know in the second half of the draft that you like, don't like. Uh, that you're looking um, I'll, t- I'll take one. Um, Darrington Evans uh, has a an ADP of three oh six. I mean, Derrick Henry's on the on the franchise tag. He like they're either gonna have to tag him and pay him a ton of money next year. You're, they're probably not gonna work out a long term deal at that point. Otherwise, they would have done it now. So Darrington Evans, not to say like he's great and will walk into a three down roll or anything, but right now he's the incumbent. He's the guy that could at least get the eye of the coaching staff going into a season where they don't have a starting running back. So especially in the middle of the third round, I think that's a great get, great grab. Yeah. He was three Oh six in the mocks. Um, Dustin, you have a guy. Yeah. I I'm going to stick with running back as well. And uh, I like Joshua Kelly um, for the chargers. Um, I don't think they ever intended for Eckler to be the guy. Um, and I could see a path to Joshua Kelly um, taking over that Melvin Gordon role or at least having a, a crack at it. Um, we've seen Justin Jackson. He's serviceable, but he's never going to go out and, and win you a game or 
you know, get you that first down that you need. Like he can get you three yard, three to four yards a carry, and that's it. Um, but I think there's an opportunity for Joshua Kelly to to get meaningful carries in that offense, um, and so allow them to keep using Eckler in the way that they did last year. Um, they're they're not going to give him the bulk carry, so Joshua Kelly is is going to get some carries this year, and uh, so I like the fit. And I'm going to make it three for three on running backs. The guy I was looking at, um, who when it, it was going four hundred one in the mocks, was DJ Dallas um, for you Seahawks, you two Seahawks fans. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, with you know Penny, we don't even know if he's going to. I, I don't think he is going to start the season. Have you guys heard anything about that? I don't see how he physically can. Yeah. Like he tore his knee apart. News came out today that he'll, he's starting on the pup or like that's already the news that he's going to be on the pup. Um, so sorry, Russ, I get all the Seattle where it's like just on all my things. And I saw it come, come through this morning. I, there's no way he's going to start and, and Carson's not healthy either. Right. So. Exactly. Carson had, had the hip thing and he's not the picture of health in general. I think there's definitely a path there for D I think he's a pretty talented guy too. And I think there's definitely a path there for DJ Dallas to see a, a decent amount of work. And in the fourth round, uh, I think that's a great pick at the four Oh one. So that, that would be my guy. So All right. I guess that's, that's, an, that's our draft uh, ADP stuff. Um, and we will have the entire, uh, ADP posted on uh, on the Twitter account. So if you guys want to see all all four rounds, we'll have that posted on there for everyone to look at. Yeah, and, and we actually have actually five rounds worth of data because of guys, you know, different guys. We only ran the mocks through four rounds, but different guys getting picked late. So take keep a look out for that on the on the at Dynasty Junkies uh, Twitter handle. So that brings us to our trade segment, which um, as Dustin said earlier, we're doing. A little differently than some other podcasts. Instead of just completed trades, um, we're looking at doing something. What's wrong with doing just completed trades? <laughs> we want to be able to take in a te- team context in yeah, league settings. That was our thinking. Is that, <laughs> is that we would um, have um, the idea of hopefully in the future is to have listeners submit. Um, hopefully we get more than, you know, seven or eight listeners here. Um, and, um, we're calling it find me a trade where um, you, you submit your league, um, your team and me, Dustin, and hopefully our guests um, kind of try and find a trade for you. And the thinking was that, um, you know, this, you know, with the completed trades you often hear it depends on roster construction and, you know, the phrase in a vacuum. Um, but this brings in roster construction and it'd be interesting to kind of evaluate things in a little different way. So all three of us, um, since we didn't, this is our first podcast. I, I had a buddy from another league um, submit his team for me, and uh, all three of us found a trade for him. So we'll have each of us go through that, and then kind of, I guess, talk about the different trades that we came up with. Dustin, you want to go first? Yeah. So this is a twelve-team PPR Superflex, um, four-point passing touchdowns. Uh, there's no premiums, uh, no tight end premium. It is a start eleven league. Um, so one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, Superflex, and three flexes. Um, my first look at this team is I, I think it's a a rebuild with the quarterback situation. Um, the the team has um, Big Ben. Uh, Carr and then Winston. Um, so I can actually see a path of, of 
of no quarterbacks at, at some point in the season, um, which is why I'm I, I would recommend a rebuild. I, I was using the DLF trade analyzer and I found um, found a trade I think makes sense for both parties. Um, and that trade is uh, giving up Darren Waller and getting Jonu Smith and Nikhil Harry. Um, I'm in the camp of selling Waller. I, I think last year he was necess- ne- uh, necessary just because they didn't have a lot of weapons. Um, now that they have tons of weapons and tight ends all over the place, I don't see him repeating last year. So using that value to to buy Jonu Smith. And uh, Nikhil Harry was one of my my wins from the draft. Uh, Patriots didn't take any receivers, so I think he's going to get a crack at it. At proven that he's a, he can be a receiver in the league. Um, so I like giving up Waller to get John and Harry. Uh, John started showing up pretty well uh, when Tannehill took over. Um, so I think, and now that Delaney is officially gone um, and it's John team, he's, he's going to be a, a serviceable tight end. And I would probably take just Harry for Waller. So I, I mean, I, I love this idea. I am also in favor of getting rid of Waller. And, you know, you'll see later that he's also involved in mine. Uh, I, uh, you're right. Waller was absolutely a, the opposite of victim of circumstance. He was the beneficiary of circumstance. There was no one else there. And you saw the, the second Hunter Renfro got healthy, all of a sudden Waller disappeared. The second Carr realized, oh, man, this guy Foster Moreau is really good in the end zone. Waller stopped catching touchdowns. I, I flash in the pan. I mean, I think that's what Waller is. If you can get someone that doesn't realize that, sell, sell, sell. And you everything you said, everything yeah. is going in the right direction for both of those guys. So I love this, love this trade idea. Yeah. Dustin Waller equal Gary Barnage 2.0. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think so. Uh, I just, I, you know, I don't trust tight ends are so up and down every year that if you have one that has any decent value that isn't one of the top three to five, just retool the position and use it to get other assets and just move along. Yeah. Especially with this not being a a tight end premium league. Exactly. If if you can get that for him, I would definitely do it. Yep. All right, Rocky, what's your trade? Okay. The one I came up with was um, Leonard Fournette, for and Big Ben for Jalen Rager, in case you did, we didn't mention this, the, the they already had their rookie draft. Jalen Rager, uh, Alexander Madison, and a 2021st. The reason I came up with this trade too is because I looked at the other guy's team that we were trading him to, and he, he he's got a pretty decent team. He definitely could use help at running back. He's only got two quarterbacks, I think Goff and somebody else. I can't remember which one it was, but I was thinking that he, you know, he could use Fournette. Um, Fournette can be hard to hard to sell in some leagues, but um, you can kind of sell that he can uh, help him contend. Um, and uh, we kind of looked at different, you know, the three of us kind of put in on our show sheet here the trade analyzer uh, numbers, and it takes a little bit of, it's actually on the favor of the Fournette side, but this guy needs to rebuild, I think, looking at his team. Rager, Madison, I love Madison too, as a guy who could really see a bump in value, um, at least by 2021. Cook's not signed. They may resign him, but Cook's also injury prone. So um, if Madison um, gets on the field because of a Cook injury, you could sell him as well. And um, he gets the 2021 first to help rebuild. 
I love Rager. He's my wide receiver three. So if you and if you can get um, get that for Frenette and Big Ben, I think it's a pretty good deal. What do you guys think? One hundred percent agree with literally everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I actually lo- love Fournette this year mm-hmm. um, because they're gonna just run him into the ground. Um, mm-hmm. They already hate him so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they don't care what it does to his value. Um, but since we don't think he's a contender, I would I would definitely sell him. And you know, if you can pull Rager Madison in the first, I, I love it. Okay, so it's my turn. But before I talk about my trade, I need to talk about this note you had on top that for some reason you guys did not read out loud. Middling team leaning towards rebuild but looking for advice. One title last year, but took part in dispersal because fun. I meant to mention that because that's that is totally fantastic, right. <laughs> and I like this guy, and I don't know who it is, and especially because uh, all the trade the way, league. Before you go further, I have to give a shout out because this guy also he did almost all the ADP data for me. So, oh, nice. um, I did, I ran the mocks, but he compiled the data. Derek Smith at Real Goat Thirteen, he's awesome. Okay, go. <laughs> Because in the Trade Addicts Leagues, we do second chance dispersals also. Whenever a new team comes in, everyone else can join it. Trade Addicts 3, I actually loved my team, but I did it anyway just because it was fun. It's fun to do. So I, I absolutely did it also. So I get it, and that's wonderful. And I'm going to go follow yeah, this I loved, one more <laughs> I loved my team in Trade Addicts 3, and I jumped in as well just because why not? I mean, I already beat Rocky in the championship year one, so I had already won it at one point. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, might as well well just jump in. Now, I want to bet an over-under amount of times that gets brought up on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I bet the over, whatever the the set is. It was especially thanks to Trade X Leagues having no trade deadline. I think he made about six trades the week of that championship. We we can argue that the next time you bring me on in the commission corner or or whatever you, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, commission corner night. Okay, so my okay, so I looked at this team and like, man, he definitely did not have anything in mind while doing this dispersal. He's just like, I'm going to take that guy. I'm going to take that guy. His team, yeah, he he's rebuilding. He is not super great right now. Um, So I went big. Because why the hell not, right? It's not my team. I might as well dream, you know, reach for the stars, shoot for the stars. That's the phrase. Um, my trade, it's a four for three. Give up Big Ben, Saquon Barkley, because why do you need Saquon Barkley on a terrible team? AJ Green and Darren Waller. And I found a team that was competing and had a young quarterback that they could spare. This one team had four quarterbacks. And I'm just like, all right. Let me get one of those. So I asked for Baker Mayfield, Kenny Galladay, and Calvin Ridley. Now this comes in on the trade analyzer as thirteen ten on the Baker, no, on the Ben Saquon side, and eleven fifty six on the Baker Galladay side. So I mean that's more than a ten percent difference. Uh, so. I mean, I get that it's four for three, but it's a start 11. And this is a trade that can win you a league, especially when I think the dude had like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen already. So Ben is a wonderful, you know, uh, uh, injury piece in case someone gets hurt. Man, we've clearly hit that time where I lose the ability to think of words. Um <laughs> And this is a rebuild. Like, this is what you do. You go get Baker and you go get two young, good wide receivers before they hit their peak value. Do I see this trade going through? Probably not. Like, it's really tough. Like, I don't know if I'd ever be able to accept a trade where I'm giving away Galladay and Ridley. 
that might just be me. I don't know this guy personally in any way, shape, or form. But dangling Saquon in front of a guy who already has a great team and losing Baker doesn't hurt him because he already has three starting quarterbacks and you're giving him a fourth in Ben, even if it's just for the year. So to me, like you can say, look, man, I plugged it into this trade analyzer and it says you're getting a better end of the deal. Just saying, man. And it's pieces that will help him win the championship this year. And, you know, you might be a little sad of get losing those pieces, but winning heals all wounds. And I wrote underneath in case that doesn't work, just give Fournette for either of those wide receivers straight up. I'd be fine with that. And I love what you did with that trade here because I, I, I tried to do a similar thing, but it couldn't end up finding a match where you, you put Saquon in there, but you put three other, three other pieces that, that are going to be hard to sell, but you attach them to Saquon and mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier. AJ, you know, AJ Green, Waller, and uh, Ben. Yep. And, and I, I just, I just love that aspect of it. I would definitely, you know, I would definitely do this trade if I was the guy giving away Saquon. I don't know if the other guy would take it, but it's worth a shot. I mean, yeah. the real answer to this is like the trade that will go through. Pick one of those wide receivers that you like least and then downgrade him a little bit. Like if you're not a Ridley guy, which you're wrong if you're not, but that's besides the point. Like if you downgrade him a little a little bit to like a Terry McLaurin level guy, a guy that's clearly will never really be a fantasy wide receiver one, I think that will get the trade done. But seeing as how this came in on um, the analyzer still in the favor of the Ben side, I figured I would leave it as is. And then we could talk about it like I just did. Uh, to kind of w- what you always say, Russ, you know, if you're rebuilding, build around wide receivers. So I like selling Saquon to get that package. And I th- actually think um, this this trade has a, a potential of actually being accepted um, as is. Um, I think there's enough value for a win now team um, and getting Saquon that, they would accept it. And I love building around um, Galladay and Ridley. The team also, I think in their startup or in their rookie draft, they have, let's see, they have CD lamb. They have um, Gibson who's now going to uh, running back, but they have Odell still. Um, so, you know, they have some, some good pieces. So I think this just will help complement that. Yeah, definitely agree. And that's, that's pretty much all we got tonight. Thanks. Uh, Russ, Dynasty Outhouse, for coming on. You want to just remind everybody all the million places you are again? No, I don't care anymore. Keep listening to the show, everybody. <laughs> I mean, whatever. This you, These guys are awesome. I know you've listened to them, so you can tell already. But these are two awesome people, and you should endorse everything and anything they do. Okay, that's a lie. I don't know what they do in their secret lives. So maybe not everything and anything. But if they're talking fantasy football, you should listen to it. So follow them on Twitter. Listen to their show, which I guess you are if you're listening to this right now. But still, whatever. These guys are awesome. Keep listening to the show. The end. Thanks for having me on. This was awesome. Thanks for jumping on, Russ. Uh, thanks for those kind words. Um, I want to give a shout out to Brian Har for doing the drops for this episode. So you happy guys will you hear guys that. Actually, act, went and asked him. I like. I was half joking when I said, "Just make Brian do it." That's what I do. And you're like, "Maybe we will do that." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." So you guys, Brian's fantastic. You'll hear him doing all the drops for the show. So and the big, intro. Uh, yeah, and the intro. So big thank you and big shout out to Brian as well. Yep. So thanks everybody for listening. Hope, hopefully you keep listening to us. If you please make sure to subscribe, rate and review. Hopefully you'll come back in next week. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Thanks guys. Junkies Bye. out. Junkies out. Like it. <laughs>